Well, hello, everybody. Good morning. It's great to be here today. My name is Alex, and I'm one of the ministers here at Andover Baptist Church. And I'm really excited to be starting this series with you all today. That's called One of Us. And in this series, as Chris has already sort of primed us today, we're going to be exploring the meaning of Christmas from quite a unique and very specialized perspective. We're going to be asking ourselves, what would it mean for God to be one of us? What would it mean if we would be able to actually see and understand or know God in a very real and human way? And I love how that uh, the song that we heard as Andy played the opener today really gets us thinking about that idea, doesn't it? And I just want to say that if you're watching or you're listening today as somebody perhaps exploring faith or maybe you have questions about faith, I hope that today really gives you the opportunity to explore a bit more about what you think and believe too. I want to start today by asking a bit of a different question, actually. I want to ask you if you've ever had the wrong impression of something. Have you ever had the wrong impression of something? Maybe the wrong impression of a person, maybe you've had the wrong image or sort of idea in your mind. And this can happen in all sorts of different ways in life, can't it? We can easily get the wrong impression about things, especially if it is something perhaps that we have never even really seen or encountered before. Just think about some of those stories and legends that have been around for a long time, and many that we still have today. Stories about things that actually nobody has ever seen. Things like the Loch Ness Monster or the Abominable Snowman, or even extraterrestrial beings. And yet we seem to be really fascinated by such things, don't we? We love to make films and stories and imagine what these things might be like. And actually, as I was thinking about this this week, there was a story, another story that came to my mind, a story written a little while ago, and it was made into a film, actually, over 80 years ago now, but it is still a classic. And that film is called The Wizard of Oz. I wonder if anyone here has seen it or you're familiar with the story. If not, I am going to recap, so a bit of a spoiler alert, I'm afraid. Um, otherwise, my talk is a bit pointless if I don't go through uh, what that story is about. So for those of you who do know, the story is all centered on a single character, a girl that's called Dorothy. And Dorothy somehow finds herself in a magical land called Oz. And there she meets three characters, a scarecrow, a tin man, and a lion. And they become her friends, her companions. And together they set off on this journey, this adventure together, because in fact they are all looking for something. But most importantly, and what really is the center of the storyline, is that Dorothy is looking to find her way home. But she needs help to do this. And so Dorothy and her friends have actually been told that there is someone who can help them. And there, there's this great and powerful wizard, known as the Wizard of Oz, who lives in a place called the Emerald City. And they've been told that he is the one who's going to be able to help them. He's the one who's going to get, be able to get Dorothy home. So their journey really turns into a bit of a quest to find their way to this Emerald City and to find this wizard so Dorothy can get what she is looking for. Now, none of them have actually seen this wizard. And although this is the case, they believe he exists and they believe the things that they have been told about him. And so they set off on their journey together full of hope. And then the film and kind of unravels this story as they go on this journey together. There's lots of twists and turns and dangers and things that they encounter along the way. But eventually, 
Dorothy and her friends, they reach the Emerald City and they find the wizard's home and they're really excited. However, they soon discover that this great and powerful wizard isn't quite what they expected. And at first, when they meet who they think is the wizard, they're quite frightened. It's quite an overwhelming sort of um, experience for them because they're greeted by this huge image of this godlike figurehead who talks to them in this booming voice. And there's clouds and, and um, fire and smoke and all sorts of things around him. However, something happens and they soon discover that this is not actually real. It's an elaborate illusion that's been created by a professor. A man who himself wants to be a great wizard, but just isn't. So he's created this image, this impression of this great and powerful wizard, the Wizard of Oz. A wizard that actually no one has ever seen in the flesh, but it's one that holds power in the land and has a formidable reputation. But as we discover in the film, it's all based on a lie, an illusion, a magic trick even, that this professor has pulled off for some time. And it's quite an incredible story, isn't it, when you think about it? And as I was reflecting on it this week, it made me wonder if we can sometimes make the same mistake with God. Whatever our views about God actually might be, I wonder if we can easily build up a false impression or a false image of God in our mind. Maybe this is for good reason, things that we've heard or been taught about God growing up. Maybe we've had an image or impression that is not really based on anything tangible or real, or maybe there's no evidence for, but it's just something that we believe. In fact, this has been a bit of a puzzle for humanity, hasn't it, Out throughout history. We know that the human race has been on a sort of search, a journey, as it were, to find meaning and purpose in life, to try and understand life on earth. And searching for God or a God has been a central part of that journey for many different cultures and civilizations. And we have evidence of that today. And this has actually led to there being all sorts of different ideas about what or who God could be like and whether even God exists at all. And there's been a vast range of outcomes, many that are still sort of debated today. For example, there are some tribal cultures and religions that align spiritual beings and elements to, um, sorry, spiritual beings and um, to elements of nature or the natural world. Whilst there are other cultures throughout history that have constructed complex systems of gods and deities with sort of superhuman or supernatural qualities, and some examples that we might all know of this come from the ancient Roman or Greek uh, cultures, which had many personified gods and goddesses that represented all sorts of different things that we find in the universe. And there's some fantastic stories that go along with them too. Stories that in fact have inspired some sort of modern day stories like the Marvel, DC comics and films that we have that have these sort of new modern superhero um, characters. And still out there are other ideas of God which are much more philosophical or intellectual even and these are often quite elusive. These are views that suggest that God maybe is more of an idea or a concept, simply represents something greater than us, but is not something that we can define in any meaningful or tangible way. And of course, throughout all of this, there are views, aren't there, that claim that there is no such thing as God anyway. So what are we to make of all of this, I wonder, as mere mortals living in the 21st century? 
Why are there and have there been so many differing and conflicting ideas about God? Well, I think there's a reality to it, isn't there? That there is a lot of mystery surrounding God. In many ways, God cannot be seen. God is invisible. We can't see or comprehend God in uh, any sort of human way. And I think this could be both exciting but also challenging, which is why it does take faith, amongst other things, to believe in God. And I think it might also be the main reason that human beings have always been on this sort of quest or search to discover God, to, to know about God because of that mystery. But what if we really could see and grasp God? Wouldn't it be easier if somehow God could reveal himself to us in a way that was much more obvious and relatable? What if God was one of us? How would this change things? You know, this is that question, isn't it, that was posed in the song that we heard at the beginning of the service that's entitled, What If God Was One of Us? And it provokes deep thinking about this idea. And I think it's a really fascinating concept. I love how the lyrics of that song get us thinking about what God might be like. What would he look like if he was, in fact, one of us? And as great as that song is, in fact, this question is not something that we have to hypothetically answer or even imagine. Because this is a question, an idea, that is at the heart of the Christian faith. And it is a question that has been answered through an incredible event that took place just over 2,000 years ago here on earth. When a baby was born in an ordinary Middle Eastern village into humble circumstances. A baby which by all accounts would have seemed ordinary and yet was uniquely extraordinary. Because this baby, this child, would grow up to become a man who would reveal to the world the very nature and character of God. He would make the unseen God known to humanity. That's pretty incredible when you think about it, isn't it? And that's because this man, uh, this person, was not just a human being, although they were, but he was and is the Son of God. He's God in human form. And that man is called Jesus. And the reason, in fact, that we celebrate and remember Jesus' birth every Christmas is not just because we enjoy festivities or need a reason to celebrate, although it can become that way, but it's because we remember the absolutely incredible and mind-blowing fact that over just, just over 2,000 years ago, God did something unprecedented. God did something, actually, that God has never done before in living history. He decided to come to earth and to live among us as one of us. And he did that by revealing himself through his son, Jesus. And although Jesus is referred to as the son of God, he is also God. So he's not just like God in the way that a, pet, a child can be a bit like one of their parents. Jesus doesn't just give us a vague impression of who God is, but he fully embodies the character of God. He is the way that we can see and know God. 
One of the uh, earliest leaders of the Christian faith, in fact, a man called Paul, puts, uh, it, it puts this whole idea into some amazing words, much better than I'm explaining it today. And we can find these words, and actually it's more of a poem, and they're written in the New Testament part of the Bible, um, in a letter that was written to Christians living in a place called Colossae in the first century, that's in modern-day Turkey. And actually, Paul is kind of writing to them to encourage them in their faith, and he puts some incredible words about Jesus. And he says this, and I think the, the opening to this poem is amazing. He says, the Son, which is Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. What amazing words I think Paul has written there. And I love that first, that opening line that tells us that the Son, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. He is the image of the invisible God. Which is just a revolutionary idea, isn't it, when you think about it? I mean, Paul is saying here, that Jesus is the way that that invisible God can be seen and understood by humanity. Jesus reveals to us who God is in a way that we can relate to because it's in human terms. And because Jesus is the son of God, but he's also God, he's always existed. And that's what the poem kind of goes on to tell us. That Jesus didn't just come into existence when he was on this earth, although we might have the idea sometimes. But actually, from the very beginning, Jesus has always existed. He's always been with God because he is God. And that's why their relationship is often described as that between a father and a son. Jesus has always been intimately involved in creation. And so in the person of Jesus, whose life we can read about through the accounts that we have in the New Testament part of the Bible as well, we get this incredible portrait of who God is. And unsurprisingly, it's not what we might imagine. And it's certainly not what humanity expected. You know, Jesus doesn't reveal that God is like some superhero deity like many cultures had conceived of. And whilst God is more powerful, more holy, and more awe-inspiring than we could possibly imagine, Jesus also reveals to us that God is also so much more humble, loving, more compassionate, and more relatable than we might imagine too. And in Jesus, we see this combination of perfect humanity and the perfection of God. Because Jesus not only reveals God to us, to us human beings, but he reveals to us how we were meant to be. He reminds us that we were made in the image and likeness of God. We were meant to be reflections of God. That's one way we could have known and understood God. But in so many ways, humanity has strayed from that image. Because ultimately, humanity has strayed from God. So that image of God within us has become distorted. The, the waters are muddy. That reflection is blurred. It's not easy for us to understand what God is really like. And I think that's why that humanity has been on such a quest for so long. 
And I think this brings us perhaps to consider another question today, a question that goes further than asking, well, what if God was one of us? But a question that asks, why would God become one of us? Why did God choose to reveal himself to us through Jesus? Why did he choose to step into the mess and the chaos of this world and experience the vulnerability and rawness of being human? And I think there are many, many ways to explain this, but I want to go back to Paul's words in that letter again, to that poem where he goes on to say this, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, that's Jesus, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Paul is saying here that not only is Jesus the way that we can really see and know God, but because Jesus is God, he was able to do something that only God could do. And he actually came to earth with a mission in mind. And that mission, as Paul uh, reminds us in those words, was to reconcile humanity to God. That mission was to bring healing and peace between God's creation and God himself. You know, you don't have to live on earth for very long, do you, to look around and realize that it's full of things like suffering and pain, violence, injustice. There's so much discord and disharmony, and things seem really off balance sometimes, don't they? There certainly isn't peace between humanity, and there's not peace between humanity God. And that's what Jesus came to restore. He came to bridge that gap and to put things right. And he did that not only by coming to earth, revealing God as one of us, but by doing something that's so incomprehensibly loving and sacrificial. He did it by giving up his life for humanity and by dying on a cross, as those words remind us. And by taking upon himself all of that pain, all of that suffering, and the evil and the mess of this world. And through his death, he was able to overcome it all. That's why God chose to become one of us. And that's why Jesus can offer us new life in him and a restored relationship with God. And that's why I think that Jesus coming to earth is the best news that we could ever imagine. It's why we celebrate it every Christmas, because it reminds us of the incredible reality that God has taken the initiative. Human beings may have searched for God for a long time, but he took the initiative. He came to earth to meet with us and to reveal himself to us because Jesus was willing to step into earth, to experience life as a human being with all its mess and pain because he wanted to make God known to us and because Jesus was willing to sacrifice his life so that we could get eternal life with God. You know, we don't have to imagine what it would be like if God was one of us because we get to see it in Jesus. You know, if you're listening or watching today and you're not really sure about all of this, maybe you've never really thought about who Jesus really is, or you're not sure if you believe that he is uh, who people claim him to be. He's, he's not the son of God. I would just love to invite you to explore this idea even further. 
and to consider the fact that the Christian faith doesn't ask you to investigate an unseen or an unknowable God, but it invites you to encounter a God who can be seen, who can be known in human terms through the person of Jesus, a person who lived and walked on this earth as one of us and who shows us what God is really like. You know, and if that is true, what would that mean for your life? What would it mean to you that God would risk it all to become one of us and reveal himself to us in the most humble and yet powerful of ways? You know, it still takes faith to believe, doesn't it? But it's a faith that's built on evidence. It's a faith that's based on someone or something that we can see and encounter we can learn about and we can get to know. And I think that is a faith that is worth pursuing. Let's pray together. Loving God, we just thank you for who you are. Whatever impressions or ideas we have of you. Maybe we've grown up with images of you that put us off. Images that aren't of a loving, caring God that would step into this world as one of us. Lord, I just want to pray for anyone maybe thinking about this idea that Jesus has made God known to us. Maybe they're thinking about that for the first time, that you would just really speak to their hearts, Lord. Help us all to reflect on what it really means that the living God chose to walk amongst us and reveal himself to us. Help us to feel your closeness today and to know that Jesus is real, that Jesus is God and has made God known to us. May we know your love and your mercy today. Amen.